Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs. And we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. On this week's show, you will hear part one of my conversation with Joelle Thomas, professional intuitive and shamanic practitioner with Phoenix Moon Rising Intuitive Services. Joelle believes that we are all interconnected through a higher power. I, I want to talk about what's okay. important to you, like a belief that's defining that you live by or or it's like in your life uh, quite a bit. Or, okay. Or... Um, well, I would say that one of my... Uh, core and central beliefs is that we are part of a greater whole and whether you think of it as God or just a higher being or mother earth um, or just the cosmos that we are part of something much larger but we must that we we have that within ourselves so we have to focus a lot on this self-care about how we take care of ourselves because as we do for ourselves we do for others because we are all interconnected and I that is probably one of my biggest core beliefs that as you as you work on yourself and you show others by the example of how you can shift your life towards your your most um authentic but also the highest and best life for you whatever that may be if you can come at it from a place uh, free of judgment free of fear that you're actually giving others permission to do the same, that they're in a safe place to go and find what is their truth and that nothing has to be in a box. So if I were to, to encapsulate the belief that you believe that we're all interconnected through a higher power, mm-hmm. is that correct? Yes. And for you, I know it can mean different things for different people, but for you, what, is this, what does a higher power mean? Just so I understand where you're coming from. Um for me that higher power is that we're we are god incarnate we have that divine spark within us and it's through that remembrance of that divine spark that we remember we are all fragments of something much greater so through god or a god Mm -hmm. that we're all interconnected yes and um so i think it'd be helpful to get understand where you're coming from two ways one is what do you mean by god and two what do you mean by interconnected okay so by god i really mean that that ethereal unseen eternal part that we always kind of we want to say is there we think it's there we feel that it's there but we're afraid to kind of explore that and acknowledge that truly it's the spirit. It's, it's, it's just that, that, that eternal part of us. Um, it's like a supernatural? Uh, I think there are thing. elements of supernatural. 
uh, there, but it's, it's, it's much more, um, on that soul level. It's just, it's, it's this ethereal unseen thing that we know is there. Okay. But there's really no tangible evidence for it until you've experienced something that you just, so, you know. So God's a, is something that we feel that's there. We know it's there. There's no tangible evidence, right, as you right. said, that it's there, but we somehow know that it's there. Yes, it's, it's, it's much more of a, a mythical type of feeling, if that makes sense. Mythical. Um, it's, it's, it's that feeling when you walk into a room. And you know something's off, but nobody's ever had to say anything about it. You just realize that something just doesn't feel right. Yeah. That is not only the presence of what I consider and, you know, kind of colloquially refer to as God, but that is also indicative of our interconnectedness because we all have these, these vibrations. Everything is like on a frequency and God is that large frequency that is kind of encapsulating all the rest of us. It is it is definitely something that I have found not easy to articulate at times. So Yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> I mean that's I'm not, I'm not expecting you to to um you know articulate things perfectly. I for sure do not uh, articulate well sometimes. Um but uh it just helps me kind of get an idea of what you mean because I'm sure as you realize when someone talks or mentions the word God, um, they can mean so it, it, many it, different things. It puts people on edge a little bit. A little bit, sometimes. It really does. Yeah. Um, I oftentimes don't even use the term God. Yeah. I, I, you know, use sometimes the source of all creation right. or just spirit. Um, and that's really, I've, I've, I find that to say God, it, it comes with that connotation and that implication of a lot of ingrained religious dogma, yeah. uh, which is fine. You know, I don't, I don't subscribe to it personally, but I'm not condemning it. It's just that when people say God, it puts people on edge it can, and, yeah. um, it's kind of like everybody already, like they, they sit up in defense mode almost because right. they're like, Oh God, this is. Yeah, one of, one of those touchy there are conversations. Things to talk about, and that's why part of the reason we like to do this is I can have these kind of conversations, which are really tricky to have sometimes. They they can be. They can be. Um, yeah. Hopefully, it won't be that tricky. Oh no, it's fine. <laughs> I I hope that I'm being somewhat clear and concise with how I'm communicating when with your questions because I was you know you're actually asking me questions that it's like how do you define right, God right, and I'm right, like right. well. Let me think about that for just a second, um, because I've, I've, God is everything and everywhere. Um, well, we'll get back to that. Okay. But I do want also, before I go too far, uh-huh. t- you mentioned we're all interconnected through yes. God. Mm-hmm. And by interconnected, you mean, how do you mean like we're interconnected? Well. You mentioned something about frequency or. I don't, yes. Yeah. So let me see. What is the best way for me to. I do think of our world as being very layered. Um, And the human body is very layered. Uh, But the interconnectedness that comes from that is is, it's like we're layered, but we're in this web of life. Very, um, if you're familiar with sacred geometry at all, the flower of life is is a decent depiction of how I, you know, see all of us being interconnected. And the reason I say interconnected is because as 
our reality is kind of layered and dimensional. We have this 3D, three-dimensional, as you and I sit on this porch, we are in the, the real world where we can hear, see, feel, smell, taste, touch, all of those visceral senses, okay? But there are other more energetic layers to our world. Have you ever, you know looked at a plant and you're just like that plant just looks sick or or something like that like you can just tell that certain things are what they are um that interconnectedness is part of how we emanate our energetic frequency on a certain dimensional level in our reality and the construct of all that is really to me what god or source is it encapsulates all that and keeps us all interconnected because as a human being we are all fragments of this same whole that is encapsulating us all I'll, and I'll probably ask more questions about that you've told a lot tell me a lot and I just want to make sure that I'm able to you know grasp it all but I okay I got pieces of it and I'm sure it's going to generate more questions in a bit sure um but to, to say the belief is that uh, it would be, I believe that there is a God and we're all interconnected through this God. Mm -hmm. And it seems like you're telling me this God plays an important part in people's lives. It's like an, it's an active an active God. It does things. It's, yes, there's 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 an engagement and a level a level of engagement there. And the. The mechanism by which God is engaging through us is through our own experience and through our through our perception. Um, you know, I I grew up Southern Baptist, and there's a lot of contradictions in all that. But one thing that really resonated with me was this unconditionally loving God, that there's no unforgivable sin, and even the most wayward of His flock can be retrieved and come back uh, to the fold, so to speak. Um, doing what I do now, having the beliefs that I, I have incorporated, which uh, there's a lot of uh, pagan beliefs there, um, mostly in that shamanic type sense, definitely resonate a lot with Mother Earth and all that. But my point is that... There's no way God can experience or emanate unconditional love without having experienced every condition. That's why we are living our unique experiences. But, but that is also how we are connected because we are God incarnate in a way, but just a small, small spark of what God or the source of all creation really is. So God is also separate from us but also within us as well exactly on a scale from let's say one to seven mm -hmm. how confident are you that this belief that you have is true it's 100, true 100 100 100 um <laughs> uh, yes and on a scale from one to seven yes how important is it for you to believe in true things things that are true and real you know, it's actually rather very important. Um, on, a, on that scale, I'd say it's probably a six or seven. So important both scales. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's important and you strongly believe that it is true. Yes. Um, so if someone were to ask you, Joelle, what is the primary reason why you know that this belief is true? 
what would you tell them? Well, I have observed it in action, not only outside of myself, but I have felt it. Um, so you felt it? I have experienced it. it. You've experienced I have observed it. it, yes. Um, okay. Through the shamanic side of you know, my practices and things like that, I have become much more feeling that, that active connection to the earth and the earth was created. There, there, there was no doubt in my mind that there is some sort of intelligent force that has created all of this. And mother earth is a vessel for us to kind of travel through the vastness of space because if you think about it, all the conditions are exactly what they need to be in order for us to live. We are in charge of taking care of the earth, but we also kind of act like the neuronal network of Mother Earth. We are her consciousness, so to speak. So, It, it seems like you have a really strong belief here that that how the world works and how god works and how people are interconnected and the way you know what you know is you have a sense a feeling you've had personal experience yes and i'm trying to understand um the well first i'm trying to understand when someone says that they're like a hundred percent like seven out of seven Mm -hmm. i really um it sets me off thinking about their belief, and I sometimes think about, well, what if someone was sitting next to them mm-hmm. and they had, I don't know, a different belief, but they believe that at a seven out of seven or a hundred percent, and I'm, you know, how could I find out like what's true and real? Like if right. I hear different people talk, and I know you've heard mm-hmm. the podcast before, um, how? Well, first, how would you be able to like show me, or could you show me? how you know what you know, or is it something that I would just have to just experience myself? Well, ultimately experience is, is probably the best teacher. Okay. Um, but to show someone, yeah, you know, how my practices, you know, how they prove positive for me. Okay. Positive meaning valid and, uh, reproducible because, uh, by trade, I'm actually a biochemist. I, uh, uh, I left the world of biomedical research a couple of years ago to, to do what I do now. Um, well, this is great. So when you're doing biomedical research, um, what's often involved is a test. That yes. A test that, you know, something somebody says something's real or somebody says something, mm-hmm. some medicine or whatever works. Yes. That there is a test that someone can do that is separate from what, you know, I might believe or what you might believe, and that test is more objective. Right. Is there a way we could do that maybe with your belief, you think? Oh, yes, absolutely. Oh, cool. Um, so for me, it began with the experiences that I was experiencing personally. Um, I am also trained in hypnotherapy, and so I find that there's a huge parallel between our choice and our perception and how it is we find what we believe is to be real. But the thing is, is that as I have grown and developed in my beliefs and practices uh, that are founded not only in shamanism, but Christianity and a lot of paganism as well, I've kind of, it's a hodgepodge. But to prove that, 
you know, maybe there have been times when I have channeled energy to people and they could feel a sensation and I'm not touching them. So that's a direct experience. Um, there have been times where, you know, tapping into that more mediumship type quality that I provide sometimes. Well, well, maybe to tap this, into spirit and... Well, maybe this will help. Okay. Maybe, um, well, first of all, have you ever had, and I definitely, this definitely applies to me, but have you, have you ever had a belief that you felt intensely about, and, but that belief turned out not to be true? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. At the time, and speaking for me, that belief felt true. Mm-hmm. And later discovered that it wasn't. How would you go about about knowing whether, for you, whether the, whether the belief you have is one of those beliefs that you know mm-hmm. you thought was true, but or maybe it's turned just out all not crap. to be true, <laughs> yeah. or or it's really objectively true? Right. I mean, how is there a way that you go about figuring that out? Um. I receive a lot of confirmations that are independent of me influencing that. So, so people telling you, mm-hmm. confirming to you that your belief is true. Well, not exactly my belief is true, but that whatever intuitive nudges or information that I'm receiving about something, I will independently, totally unrelated, not having mentioned it really, hear some sort of confirmation that it has come to pass or that it has is been confirmed in some way. So, so either you're confirming it to yourself or other people who your clients, I suppose. Yeah. And then you're, they're confirming it to you. Are you telling me that, and I'm not, of course, not saying this is the case, but all of a sudden your clients were telling you that this wasn't working or you're telling yourself that it's not working. Would you no longer have the belief or would you still have the belief? Well, no, I, for me, part of my belief system is not allowing myself to become so attached to something that I'm not malleable enough to allow new information to come in. And I respect that. I respect that. To show me new truth about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me see. So I offer, uh, card readings, you right. know, um, I don't really need the cards, but they're fun uh, yeah. to, to use. Like and tarot cards. Tarot cards, yeah. oracle cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had this one particular client and I was, you know, she was validating lots of different information, but she was asking about something that was going to come to pass. And I do not, abs- I absolutely do not resonate as a fortune teller per se, but sometimes there are things that are forecasted. And about three months later, she wrote me back and she said, you have no idea how all these things you told me were going to happen. They actually happened. Yeah. It's it's that kind of anecdotal word of mouth experience that validates for me. I'm not pulling this out of my rear for one. Right. And that I am at least providing an effort to maintain a groundedness in practicality and pragmatism about what I'm doing because a lot of a lot of people who are in this world are just up in the air and it's all about spirit. No, it it if something doesn't resonate, it doesn't have to. 
And I don't know if that makes any well, sense. Well, no, I think so. And, and sometimes when I have beliefs and I'll, um, it's a belief that I seem to like and I hope that it is true. Mm-hmm. I may, in my own world, look for things that will confirm to me that that belief is true. And if there are other, th- happen to be other things that are disconfirming, I might, I don't know if I might avoid it or I might not. I might gloss over it or I might not pay attention to it as much. And I wanted to know, like, and I'm not saying that your belief is that way, but if it was, is there, how could we, is there a way we could find that out? Or is there a way you can, I would imagine that. Is it validatable or is it, can it be validated and reproduced independently of me? Is well, that, that's, well, that's one question. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, I believe, yes, that it it definitely can because I'm not the only person who does this kind of work. And there are many people who have very effectively experienced something and they're like, holy cow, that that was really amazing. A, a, A good majority of what I do is I work with energy and I move energy. Right. Um, if you if you're like mistaken about that. How would you go about – is it possible, first of all, for you to find that out? Like would it take like eight clients to say, hey, that's not working for me? Or, is it, or would it be more of an internal process saying that, you know, I've read some things and it doesn't seem to work like I thought it did or, or my own well, experience with things? I mean I'm just trying to see how you see Well, see I think it. it's yeah. actually a combination of everything. Okay. I am a firm believer that there's there is some sort of message in everything, even if the message is nothing. And and the reason I believe that is because spirit, God, the source of all creation, flying spaghetti monster, whatever you resonate right, right. with, is always speaking to us. Always. Well, what if Sarah's like, let's say Sarah, and I use these thought uh-huh. experiments, like Sarah's yeah. sitting next to you. Yeah. And Sarah, at 100%, 7 out of 7, she, let's just make it easy, she believes basically the opposite. That that there is no God, and that God, there's no, inter, the people might be interconnected, but they're not interconnected through a God. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and she believes that in the way she in the way she knows how she knows what she knows is, let's say, the same way, you know, like the feeling, um, the, the yeah. intuitive being intuitive about it, uh-huh. this intuition is the Sarah's feeling about it. And just as strongly, she feels that it's not true. You feel it's really true. And I just well, personally like to know what's true and real. Is, is there a well, way we could kind of go about it? Well, for one, being able to have a conversation without feeling as if you're defending yeah, your position. Right. And, and I hope and I hope that oh, you're no, not. Oh, no, no, okay, no, no, okay, no. Okay, absolutely okay, not. Okay. <laughs> um the the be, being able to be comfortable and confident enough in your own belief to be like if I'm the only person that believes this, then that's okay. I don't have to prove it really to anyone else um meaning i don't have to justify what it is that is my truth because it just it's mine i don't have to make it anyone else's if you begin to resonate one way or another if you're at least willing to give somebody the space to say this is what i believe and it is an absolute total disagreement with yours but 
you just both are kind of like, okay, well, I don't feel threatened by that. Yeah. That that's that means that you've released a lot of fear about either being rejected by your tribe, whether that's your family, your friends, or whatever. Um, you've released fear of judgment mm-hmm. because you know I am definitely a strong believer of as within, so without. So it's like you're going to be reflecting back what it is that's within you. Um, and believe me, I've definitely felt a strong sting of criticism from some individuals that are in my life about what I do. Um, and it's, it's very emotionally charged. It's, it's kind of like, you've got to allow yourself to let the emotion make itself known, but not let it dictate how you're going to interact with that other person who has that opposite belief. If they want to know more about it, then I trust that they're going to ask. And if they, they want to have experience with it, then I'm one of many that can help provide that. But if somebody, let's say, has the opposite belief, let's say, and they believe it as intensely as you do, and I'm a third person, I just really want to know legitimately what's true and real. The choice is up to you. What is real for you? Well, how can I go about it? That's what I think I'm asking. Like, how can I learn either what Sarah's saying or what you're saying and know that that is true? Is there a way for me to go about that? Uh, well. Because at this point, Sarah, this imaginary person, is saying something just as fervently as you are, and she's seven out of seven. And and truth is just as important to her, because it's very important to you. Mm-hmm. And so far, what I'm hearing is that you really feel, you really believe it, It's and you feel it. I get that. And I could just see somebody else saying that same sort of way, same sort of thing about the things they know, but come to a a drastically different conclusion. You are listening to Being Reasonable on WHUP. We will continue part one of our conversation with Joelle Thomas, a professional intuitive and shamanic practitioner who believes that we are all interconnected through a higher power right after this short break. Thank you. 
really believe it it's and you feel it I get that and I could just see somebody else saying that same sort of way same sort of thing about the things they know but come to an adra- a drastically different conclusion right yeah um so honestly as a, as a scientist yeah um empirically right Let's form an experiment. Okay. And let's see. Like let's put each each belief to the test. Let's 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 find a way to put that to the test and then let the observer decide which way that's going. Yeah, no, and, and, that, I, and that's I'm all about would, that. That's and, how I would do that. And I'm that's just cool, not, that's, I'm I mean, not that's sure how the I like details. to know things, actually. Yeah. <laughs> for me for me personally, that's that gives me more just how I like to know things. That would give me a firmer okay. footing about, you know, more, to feel more confident about the things that I believe, like if it could be put to some sort of objective mm-hmm. test. Mm-hmm. And thanks for bringing that up. That's a really good point. Um, like with your belief, and let's say Sarah has the opposite, like I'm trying to think specifically, like what kind of test could we do? Like what would it be? So the idea that my guides are kind of putting back in my head as a memory from when I was trying to show my mother mm-hmm. who is a fervent Christian. Okay. Um, she, uh, is very supportive of me, but only to a certain degree because she doesn't understand anything about what I do. She's just making sure she constantly is like, Hey, you still believe in Jesus. Right. Um, but one night I was with her, we were hanging out and I was staying with her and, I was telling her about this energy work that I do Mm -hmm. and I pulled out my pendulum and it's just a tool. It's, you know, uh, generally speaking, it's a stone on the end of a chain and there's a little ball. And so you can hold it and a pendulum can be used to tell many different things. You can use it for divination, but um, I primarily use my pendulum to locate where there are kind of blockages in energy uh, within your human system or within the, the bodily visceral system. So I, I asked her, I said, hold the pendulum like this right here and hold your hand very still. And I um, instructed her, I said, ask the pendulum to spin a certain direction. Okay. And, you know, tell it to do that. Right. Just by your thought. I gotcha. And when it... It did it. When it did it, mm-hmm. her eyes got really wide and she immediately got a little scared. 
because with so, so there's a test and yes. with a pendulum. Awesome. Yes. Now, are you telling me with that with that example mm-hmm. if that pendulum pendulum did I pronounce that right? Pendulum. Pendulum. Yeah. Uh, started spinning the other way. Would you have less confidence in your belief at that point, or would your belief still be at the same level? I think my belief would be at the same level. Um, so it sounds but, like that's not a good test. Well, maybe maybe not necessarily a good test for me. But what would be a good test for you? A good test for me. Well, I already know what that is. So, um, when I first kind of became aware of all this, yeah. you know, uh, there were some. There was a very strong intuitive who I had gone to visit and. I heard all this information and my mind was just completely blown out of the water. But they they told me, you know, you have this th- these healing hands. Right. And I'd heard that term before from my sister. Okay. Years before because um you know, I had the honor and privilege of being in the room when her son was being born and she asked me, "Can you hold my hand?" And so I did while she was going through her experience of labor and I put my hand on her back and she, I overheard her telling someone else without me knowing that she was like, I don't know what it was, but I felt better whenever Joel was touching me. And so years later, you know, I have this, this person telling me all this stuff about, I have healing hands or whatever. And I was just like, this has got to be a load of malarkey man you know because being a biochemist being in research you know you look for that empirical evidence we are a society based on evidentiary well that's what I'm just so 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 I was in my office uh, Mm -hmm. where I was working at a, a prestigious university and my foot was hurting really bad okay. because I'd had problems with my foot. Okay. Okay. In my left foot. And yeah. I said, all right, let me just put this to the test because I was literally told all you have to do is just turn it on. And I'm like, this sounds like crazy. Okay. But I, I said, all right, let me just have full faith that what they were saying was 100% accurate. Okay. So I took my shoe off. I grabbed my foot and I started feeling this cramping go all the way up my arm. Okay. And the pain that was in my foot, which is actually, a, you know, a bone malformation because I inherited that from my mom, um, it went away completely. And it's never come back in three years. And so that was one of those things where I was just like, okay, maybe there's something really to this. And that was that was an experience that I wouldn't have had if I hadn't have just said, "Let me just put my ego aside." So there, I see. Yeah. So so, thank you. So I see your test with that you had uh, your foot was hurting in a in a radiated pain, mm-hmm. and uh, by you uh, touching it a certain way, that the pain went away. And for you, and it's, it hasn't come back. And for yeah. you. That showed you that your belief is true, and it kind well, of it, it supported it. Supported I it. wouldn't say that it was a hundred percent proof, but well, it did support it quite uh, so, a bit. So if if, and I hope this is not the case, but no. if, the, <laughs> if, if the pain, you know, all of a sudden came back, and you did the same things with your foot to make that pain go away, and the pain did not go away at that point, at that point, would you have less confidence in your belief, or would you still have it at the same level you do now? Um. 
you know, it would definitely make me doubt things because, you know, I want things to work. And I'm a person who's, as an overachiever my whole life, I like being right, you know. But if something doesn't work, my beliefs require it's an individual experience, meaning it's not really whether or not it's truly real. It's more about are you willing to go down that path to see if it helps you. So, so if, if that happened, mm-hmm. the belief is still true and real, but it's something about something else that's not making it. Yes. So, so in my practice, every physical ailment, every physical experience we have, there is some sort of emotional energy tied to it. So there's emotional energy that's not whatever's not working correctly. So, yeah. but the belief is still true. So, so I'm thinking in my mind just how I'd like to know things, and mm-hmm. and and it seems like you like to know things similar ways in some respect. That that might not be a good test because in whether the pain comes back in the foot or the pain doesn't come back in the in the foot. And whether the belief is still true, regardless. And it seems like the cards are stacked against me as far as, like, learning that, you know? Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is that there's, a, there's an imbalance between allowing this to be proven objectively versus no matter what happens, I'm always going to believe what it is and there's nobody who can really tell me different. Well, that's what I think you're, I think you're telling me. Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? Um, well, not necessarily. No. I'm, I, I definitely have a lot of faith in what I do, Yeah. but part of what I do, like I mentioned earlier is we get attached to these beliefs and they become a place of comfort for us because right. we feel like we're safe there. Right. And sometimes people will feel thing, uh, believe a belief because it's comforting. Right. And it might not be true, but the person might think that it is true. Yeah. And that's why they believe it as it opposed to be comforting or it could be both. I mean, you know. Well, I would say why stay in your comfort zone when only true growth happens when you're uncomfortable? Think about the seed and how it's planted in the soil. It's mm-hmm. in a dark, dank place, and there's no light there. Right. But it is being incubated. So if we are, if say, for instance, if I was completely proven wrong that all of this is just a load of crap and none of it is valid or reproducible, even though through my personal experiences time and time again, I have experienced that it has been. If I'm proven completely wrong, am I in a place of peace and sense enough to be like, okay, if I don't have to fight wrong, that. If your belief is wrong, are you open enough to find out that truth? Absolutely. I, I, I feel like I, think, I would be very open. I'm an, I'm an incredibly investigative and inquisitive person. So if there's something that's not jiving right, yeah, I'm definitely going to want to go down that rabbit hole to see, well, why is it not jiving right? And I think... The way I see it is that by doing that, by investigating that, it can make your belief even stronger if you actually, in, you know, investigate how this 
belief might not be true. And if I kind of satisfy those reasons, well, there's then, a healthy level of skepticism that I welcome for anyone with any belief. Well, then how, how do you do that for your belief? Because right now, from what I'm hearing is, is that, uh, is there, is there a test, like a really balanced test that, <laughs> that you know, no matter, you know, it seems like if, if there's an outcome this way, then we'll tend to believe more of this, or if the outcome goes this way, we'll tend to be more of this. Something that's more evenly divided that doesn't display our, um, our biases. Maybe. Okay, so there are um, clinical and measurable tests that have, um, over the years, um, especially in the 90s, uh, and Cindy Dale did a great amount of research in this, and so, um, and there are several other individuals. Uh, Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza, also investigates this a lot, where they are literally measuring the energetic fields of people. Okay. And um, another. Um, so I, I know nothing about this research. Okay. So, so they're measuring energetic fields of people. Yeah, presumably, they're there. There has been literal measurable measurable evidence where you can see the aura of a okay. person. Um, there has been um, certain tests where our light body has become visible to the naked eye, which is something very amazing. But so if they if they started doing more of these tests or you did this test mm -hmm. and, you know, objectively, meaning, you know, like truly objectively, we don't know who's in what group and that kind of stuff. Right. And it's like a double blind, blind study. Mm -hmm. And and it turned out that for whatever reason, we couldn't see their aura or measure their energy. At that point, would you reduce your confidence in your belief or is that not? something that would affect your belief? Well, for one thing, beliefs are unique to each person. Uh -huh. And I don't think it serves us to be so solid in a belief that if the truth or if there was a new truth that came in, yeah. kind of contradicting that, yeah. that you feel threatened by it. I would not feel threatened if somebody... Or if there was some sort of experience that came completely disproving shamanism, I wouldn't feel threatened by it because I would realize that I still have my own sovereignty and I still have the choice to say, well, am I going to accept this new truth or not? Everyone has the choice. Choice is the mechanism by which we determine our own fate. So you're saying that with a study like that, it would be possible for you to reduce your confidence? I mean, I guess so. I, I mean... Not not telling you to. I'm just, right, yeah, right. Yeah, I, just, I mean, my faith is something that doesn't require any type of evidence to make what my beliefs are. So, do, so what's more important for why you believe the belief then, evidence or faith? Would you say? I think faith is the most important. Faith is the most important. But and by faith, what do we mean? Okay, so. What I mean by faith is really the highest level of trust. That means trust without the necessity for evidence. Being attached to the need to have that evidence So believing is, something really strongly, mm -hmm. trusting in that thing, but not necessarily having evidence that that thing is true. Um, <clears throat> well, now you're making—I feel, I feel like it sounds kind of crazy at the moment, but um, it's not necessarily— 
not requiring the evidence. It's just the need for that evidence to be present every time is something that is a self-limiting belief, in my opinion. So faith is more important. Sometimes you just simply have to believe that what your truth is, is your truth, and 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 that's okay. I'm just trying to, so this is really helpful. It can mm-hmm. help us really, how you believe the belief and the most important reasons for why you believe the belief. And we had, we went on this evident tangent, but it seems like it's really more faith. Mm-hmm. And, and by faith, it's um, believing in this thing, trusting in this thing, even though there's not always evidence for that thing being true at all, all the time. I think right. There's not me. always evidence, but there is going to be evidence regardless. Would you, all things being equal, would you rather, for your belief, would mm-hmm. you rather have evidence that your belief is true or would you rather have the faith that it's true so for me personally yeah all i need is my faith is faith okay this helps for a client for the outside world i definitely want that evidence well for you i mean <laughs> yeah. for you i mean because that's yeah. it's your belief and and um and so and i've talked to other people about faith and what it means to them and and I've always found it interesting when people do say what they know how they know is because of faith and I I find it interesting well I don't believe in blind conviction so what's the difference between faith then and blind conviction because because faith from what I understand means you can believe in something even though there's not might not be direct evidence for that thing being true right and how so so yeah yeah tell me so Blind conviction, I think, is something that maybe, like, the questions have kind of skirted around. Blind conviction is something that you believe so strongly you cannot be shown anything and it would sway you one way or the other. So So how do we know that your belief is not that kind of belief? Okay. Because... If the evidence were to come to me saying this was totally, you know, negated. Yeah, yeah. I'm not close-minded enough to say, no, I reject that. I just acknowledge the fact that I have the choice to reject it if I want to. Does that make sense? Um, so, so not, I'm not quite. Okay. It's, it's up to me to accept the new evidence or not. Yeah, but if you were and, like, if you were believing something based on faith, or based on s- blind conviction, I think we you mentioned, and to me, I'm trying to think of how I'd be able to separate the two. Okay. Am I believing in something because I have faith that it's true? That I'm believing in something with maybe not strong okay. evidence, or am I believing in something that I'm just blindly just convinced following. that it's true? Yeah. Okay. And I, and I'm trying to th- first of all, I'm trying to see the distinction between those two kinds of ways of knowing, and if there is a distinction, how to know. Okay. You know? So, in order for me to have really gone out on a limb yeah. in this in this line of of work and this profession to answer that call of service that yeah. I've felt, it took a vast amount of faith without any evidence for me to take those first steps. Okay. But as I went down this journey, I started asking God, if you will, please help me know that I can trust this. 
please help me know help help me strengthen my faith because i need to see something tangible and i started asking for that and i did receive it you may have heard the term synchronicities or coincidences mm -hmm. okay i don't believe in coincidences ever Okay. anymore especially after now um and i guess the best story i can or the the best the best evidence i can give you and there's there's witnesses to this so i can yeah i can confidently retell this but i was literally having a conversation on my back porch with god and i was like hey um some of the stuff i just heard from a a, a, a session with another intuitive i was like this is too much um I'm either going to throw this all in the garbage and carry on about my life, or I need you to prove to me you've got 12 hours. I had a missing cat for several months, mm. and uh, his name was Yoda, or his name is Yoda, and mm. he's a black and white, very chunky cat. Mm. And this cat had been missing, and I had um, been doing some reading and, and stuff, and I, you know, I was just like, all right. I had to go to work the next day because it was a Sunday evening and I was talking to God on my back porch and I was basically praying for something to show up in my life that would help me have the faith to shift the entire direction of my life. Okay. And presumably you found your cat. Uh, well, what happened is I didn't only ask for my cat to come home, okay. but I said... This cat better be back on my front porch before I leave for work in the morning. And I literally looked at my watch and I said, God, you've got 12 hours. I suggest you get to work. So you're telling me in that scenario that if God did not. If God had, if, if my cat if, hadn't if shown up. If your cat up, hadn't shown up, that you wouldn't have that, mm -hmm. no longer have the belief. I probably wouldn't have had it nearly as strong. I would have just been like, oh, yeah, that's a fun coincidence. So you, still have, you still have the belief. It's, it's but, not what happens. It's okay. usually the timing so, of what happens. So you still have the belief, but you might think the timing of, the, of it is off. Maybe. I mean, I've always been into the esoteric, so that my interest would definitely still kind of be there. But it would be more of a hobby or parlor trick than it is a full-on belief system i would yeah. i don't think that there's anything that would ever make me totally throw it away right but the level at which i would and, and i'm not asking you life. to it and i'm yeah. not like but, but you're saying that if you invested energy in disproving your own belief that you'd probably find evidence or reasons or whatever there's plenty of evidence to, out to, there to 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 do that mm -hmm. and then and on the other side if you want to believe your belief and and it seems there are plenty of reasons and ways to do that as well mm -hmm. is there a way to for someone who doesn't have skin in the game to just and they really just want to know what's true just to find that out well the perception of truth is a relative thing, and it always comes back to self. So, so, so are you saying that what's true for you might not be true for me? Exactly. I see. Yes. So we all have different truths. Yes. So can someone believe your belief and that be true, and also Sarah, who has, let's say, the opposite of that belief, and that can still be true as well? Yes. At the same time? Yes. 
How so? From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon, and you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week. Guess it's better than something. Guess it's better than nothing. Guess it's better than something. Guess it's better than nothing. Guess it's better than something. 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 Guess it's better
something's better than nothing Cause something is what something is to be Guess it's better than something Something's better than nothing Cause something is what something is to be Something's better than nothing Cause I'm